Thanks for tuning into the Builder series of Stacker Chats, where we connect with the amazing folks building on Bitcoin via Stacks. My name is Gina Abrams, and today I'm joined by Hassan and Sophia, co-founders of Superfandom. Superfandom allows creators to mint experience-based NFTs for their superfans. Um, and today I'm excited to dive deeper into what this means, this next era of innovation for creators, um, and how the project came to be. So I'd love to um, hear from you both, Hassan and Sophia, um, about sort of your backgrounds, what drew you into the crypto and NFT worlds, um, and how Superfandom got started. Hey everyone, um, so I'll start with the rambly response and maybe <laughs> Sophie can tighten things yeah. up. Uh, a bit of my background, I um, started my career in corporate finance, and uh, apart from that, I've been part of three startups. Um, game development. Um, I've done a an anonymous social network. Um, I've also done digital uh, literacy for the next billion in India and Pakistan, which is um, a domain where people coming online for the very first time uh, who don't understand digital interfaces and the conventions of what we call the internet. You know, helping tech, building tech that helps them onboard the internet. And so, so that's a bit of the background. I'm coming from a traditional web development background, essentially. And over the years, you know, we were looking at, in my particular case, I was looking at crypto. Um, there are two stories with crypto. What is, one is what's under the hood, which is extremely exciting. And then one is the speculative story, which is hot and cold, right? And that, as a traditionalist, keeps you at bay for a very long time. At least it kept me at bay for a very long time. And then things started changing in the last couple of years. Um, also, we're keeping a close, you know, eye on stacks because of the whole, you know, uh, context around stacks that I've, you know, I've been connected to people within the stacks ecosystem and such. Um, things took a turn last year with the rise of DeFi uh, that became very exciting for us. Um, then we started looking at NFTs as well, and especially because, you know, having developed games and having understood the virtual economy, the rise of digital goods and in-app purchases, that became second nature back in like ten years ago for me. And so when I saw NFTs, I immediately got them. I, I, I understood how you can draw literally a straight line from an NFT all the way to a Fortnite skin. It just makes sense. So I got really excited about that. And then this year, finally took the plunge. Um, uh, here we are. Uh, about Superfan, I can get into Superfan, and maybe Sophie, you'd want to introduce yourself too, and then we can talk yeah, about Superfan. Um, so I'm an engineer from the beginning. Uh, I worked with IBM before diving into, you know, building something ourselves. Uh, Hassan talked about uh, our startup working with uh, Connecting the Unconnected. Uh, we were co-founders of that startup as well. Um, and yeah, like Hats mentioned, uh, we were in the game development space as well. And, you know, from there, NFTs started making so much sense to us. And someone who used to, you know, mention NFTs a lot was uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, he really inspired us in, uh, you know, making the product. And uh, Yeah, about the product. Yeah, I think yeah. I'll talk about that. So, so that was like the idea was at that point in time, early this year, which feels like you know, a long, time ago, ago a long time ago, right? <laughs> yeah. In crypto space. The idea was uh, that could NFTs be something more than digital art and collectibles? Because, you know, if you're an artist, um, NFTs 
are really suited to to what you're doing. But what if you're an actor or a chef or a YouTuber and you you know you're applying your trade in something else? Then could you open up the NFT verse to everyone in a way that they don't have to rely on the artwork? And then the fact that NFTs are programmable, that can, can that play a part, right? And so we decided that okay, so one way to approach this could be to have NFTs as tickets to these extremely exclusive one-of-a-kind experiences that only a particular person, only they can offer in the world to their super fans, right? And that could then become a way for them to connect to their crypto native super fans, which is a very different concept from the kind of fans that you have or followers on casual social media, which is, you know, just a subscriber. They haven't jumped through the hoops to get your NFT. And, and, and so that made a lot of sense that that may be the future of influence and, yeah. and, you know, and at a high level, that's yeah. sort of. And definitely the part about, you know, adding more utility to NFTs. Um, um, I have to say that, you know, um, a lot of us are into collectibles, but that's like a small percentage of us. Um, a lot of people are into, you know, connecting with people they look up to. And that's how we came up with the idea that, you know, NFTs can definitely be a medium to connect with people who inspire you. Wow, incredible. Um, we covered a lot of ground there. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, so, we told you we're a bit rambly. <laughs> not at all. This is perfect. Um, great. And so, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about an upcoming launch that we're looking at for Super Fandom. Um, so you guys have been working for the better part of this year um, on creating this completely new and novel platform for creators and audiences alike to engage with each other. Um, but yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about the upcoming launch of the product and what users might um, expect from the launch? Okay, I'll, you know, you can talk about some of the uh, the business development that has gone into the whole thing, but I'll quickly talk about, you know, what people can expect in the upcoming launch. Uh, we're tentatively looking at 13th as the lucky day when we're launching. And the idea is we have like a bunch of creators on the roster. We're going to launch with a select five or six of them. And the idea is to keep it extremely exclusive to have one of a kind experiential NFTs, not a lot of them, not to cheapen or dilute the whole thing, but to have one or two for each uh, creator and to keep it as exclusive as I would say um, utilitarian as possible. That's one aspect of it. Another aspect is that we're doing it in steps. So instead of having this one day where, hey, suddenly we're launching and the auction is open, the way we're doing it is we're going to have a big reveal. And then you're able to buy a priority pass for that uh, upcoming auction, which is probably going to happen like five or four days down the line. Now, that's going to give us two things. That's going to give the creators a chance to start, you know, uh, talking about this on their socials. Not that they're not already, but having that there and then the clock ticking, you know, that gives it this extra impetus to everyone to, hey, just, you know, get into this. So that's one. And then two is it also gives us the signal that, hey, you know, creator X, they sold a lot of priority passes. Creator Y sold less of them. So which one should be prioritized in terms of our PR, in terms of our push, right? So that's very uh, usable data. That's a great signal for us as well. So, so that's how we're doing it in steps. Yeah, and uh, from the business development side, it's been really interesting uh, talking to, you know, different kind of celebrities and creators. I think I started off at the beginning of the year um, and had to, you know, really explain what NFTs are. Now the conversation is a lot easier. You know, people get it. We're getting a lot of inbound interest that, you know, we want to launch our NFTs as well. 
And um, I think we're working with some really interesting uh, creators and celebrities. Uh, they're offering uh, some kind of incredible experiences. We have someone who's a um, licensed pilot who's saying that, you know, he can fly you in his plane. We have someone saying, you know, coming to karaoke with me, someone saying you can be um, an extra in my next movie. He's a director. So, you know, there's a lot of interesting things that are going to come up. Uh, just to add one thing. So that licensed pilot is actually a Hollywood celebrity, right? Yeah. He's, he's, not, <laughs> he's not an actual pilot. He's a Hollywood actor who's also a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the opportunity that you saw when it came to these experience-based NFTs as compared to the alternatives that are out there, right? Because there are other platforms, there's OpenSea that we've seen a lot of success for. Um, and yeah, in terms of the that void that you're looking to fill, um, can you tell me a little bit more about um what the creators are, are coming to you and excited about um, when it comes to this experience-based NFT very particularly. Yeah, so um, so I think Hassan touched upon that a bit and I'll just go into that as well that um, I think the main philosophy behind you know, designing this product was to, to bring more utility to the NFTs. And also, um, you know, with the NFTs that were um, launched initially, you know, in OpenSea, digital collectibles and art, um, those are really exciting and interesting for if you are a digital creator, uh, artist, right? But if you look at, you know, um, you know, chefs or photographers or makeup artists or anyone like that who do have a lot of influence and fans, but they have no way to utilize these NFTs because how much digital art of those uh, artists are you going to buy and how valuable is that going to be to the, um, you know, fan and the creator? So uh, we definitely saw this void, uh, like you said, that, you know, um, there has to be something more to these NFTs. And it's more about, you know, figuring out what your fan base actually wants from you. Like you could be, um, you know, uh, a makeup artist. How many, uh, you know, art, artsy pictures of you are they going to buy? How, how important are those going to be to your fans? And so basically, yeah, we saw that, you know, uh, it's about offering your fans what actually excites them, uh, what makes them your fan, actually. And just to sort of echo what Sophie said, but from a different angle. So let's, you know, so crypto is obviously, you know, it's one big macro explosion, but at the same point in time, there's another big macro explosion in the creator space, yeah. right? Fan engagement is changing. So there's that revolution happening as well at this point in time. Talk about OpenSea, essentially, that's a peer-to-peer -peer NFT exchange. Um, their philosophy is, it's different. It's very horizontal, sort of supporting everything. So the way we thought about it was, let's be, let's bring more specificity. Let's use the programming uh, in the smart contract in a way so that these NFTs can be, you know, they can be trackable and you can verify them, uh, verify the redeemability on chain, so that there's no double redemption fraud as such. Um, that's a little bit technicality that other peer-to-peer -peer exchanges, you know, they're not catering to that. So they may be selling, hey, there's this experience X coming with this NFT, but hey, I mean, like who's tracking that? And is there some kind of automation going around that that ensures that you're going to get the service or the experience or the access that that NFT is offering, right? So there's that aspect. And then you also touched upon, you know, validation. So one of the biggest validation out there has been um, influencer Gary Vee's drop. Uh, he did be friends that turned out really well. 
Um, so there's a whole playbook that he followed, and, and that in itself, I think, is 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 sort of a driving force for the way of approaching this as well. And um, on top of that, you know, it's, it's like so that's one example. And then uh, when we look out in the wild, there have been there's been we're seeing this shift sort of taking place in the creator space that a lot of these NFTs are now talking about experiences, right? Um, we saw some NFTs drop. Um, in, in the local region in India. Uh, we recently saw some uh, in England, um, the center square that we were talking about, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so they've tried touching upon experiential NFTs. And as long as they've been very thoughtful about it in terms of, you know, giving something which is extremely exclusive, not possible otherwise, it usually works. So, so I think the final sort of thought that I have in that regard is, when you're doing a digital collectible slash graphical NFT, you're, of course, you've got your whole marketing juggernaut behind it. But at the end of the day, you're at the mercy of the market. Works or doesn't work. With an experiential NFT, you have a modicum of control over the way it's going to perform. How? Because you do a better job at it. You know, you make your super fans happy. Secondary market buzz goes up. The fans become extremely buzzy. Then you follow that drop up, uh, drop uh, uh, with another series, for example, right? Gary Vee is doing that. And you can like really build your brand in a way that you, it's more controllable. A digital collectible that could be hit or miss, right? So yeah, that's sort of the short of the long. Incredible, thank you. And um, can you talk a little bit more about sort of the second? secondary market capability that is also going to go live. Um, will that be upon launch? Is that something that we're going to see um, in the next coming weeks or months? Um, and I guess diving a little bit further into the technical side of things, anything that you could share around um, like the unique functionality that is uh, allowed through Clarity smart contracts or um, anything that is sort of specific to these NFTs? And, and new uh, in the NFT world. Right. Uh, in terms of uh, the, you know, the technical aspects, I'll quickly touch upon those. Um, right now, so the idea is that um, instead of opening it up to the market uh, in, in for secondary sales and everything, uh, we're going to be keeping them in our own custody. Uh, and there's like, there's a financial reason behind that. One of the things that we've sort of, the advice that we've gotten is that sometimes there are, you know, there's a, uh, there could be some fraudulent activity on reversible rails. So by the way, we're also allowing fiat payments. And so the advice that we got was that you hold on to this asset for at least 30 days, right? So, so there's that aspect. Um, after that, we're perfectly fine with this, you know, floating it on the secondary market. No, but let's talk about that in greater detail. So now one thing, something that has already been redeemed, will it have a secondary market, right? So that's just financial aspect of the economics of it. What we've done with most of these NFTs is that you don't have like just a one and done redeemable experience. Like we're saying, have it go six times in the next two years, right? So, so what happens is you can redeem it and then you can still sell it, right? And if, you know, if the experience was awesome, then probably the secondary market appeal of that has actually gone up 
because there's more chatter and buzz now that, hey, man, this has been amazing, right? And, and if the experience has not been so good, on the other hand, then, of course, it's going to go down. And that, I think, is, is beautiful in the way that it's a self-correcting market that gives all the incentive to the creator to do well with, you know, the experiences that they're providing. Essentially, that's how it is. Now, in terms of clarity, I think the most interesting thing for me has always been um, having connecting these NFTs to stacking rewards. That's uh, that's something that we have in the pipeline. We haven't actually you know got to that point yet, but I think that's going to be extremely unique. Getting satoshis uh, just by holding on to these, uh, so that that's something we'll be looking at. Yeah, for sure. Great, thank you. And um, you've mentioned that there's a broad range of creators that are looking to launch their NFTs on Super Fandom. Um, can you talk a little bit more about sort of the the target markets and and where you're looking to? Um, really unlock this NFT um, opportunity? It's global right now. Uh, the way we looked at it was coming from a traditional startup uh, school of thought where before you clamp down on what you're going to do, you just want to experiment and you want to be broad, right? So we wanted to be broad geographically. We also be, uh, we all wanted to be broad in terms of genres. Right. So we did and experiences, right? experiences, kind of experiences. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so the idea was have like a broad slate of creators come down, do their NFTs, and then let's see where, you know, the, the intensity of product market fit lies and then focus on that. Right. So, so that's the approach we're taking. Um, in terms of geography, um, we've got stars and creators uh, from North America. Uh, we've got Bollywood stars. Uh, we've got K-pop idols. From the MENA region as MENA well. Region yeah, from, so yeah. pretty global at the moment, but we'll see, you know, where things are more successful and we'll just clamp down on that, as Hassan said. Yeah. And maybe some interesting, if, if I was to like name some, I, I wouldn't name exact people. Uh, but I could name some of the more interesting shows that they've been part of. Um, we've got yeah. somebody from Game of Thrones, um, Stranger Things. Nice. Blacklist. Um, uh, Blacklist is The, the yeah. Office. The Office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so these are, you know, this is going to be a reveal uh, very soon. So yeah, you guys will eventually know. Great. Thank you. So excited for this. And, um, you know, I'm curious, there's a lot. I would imagine of work both when it comes to working with the artists as well as connecting to their audiences. And so you all offer this really end-to-end -end experience for those creators to launch their NFTs. Um, and I'm just curious about sort of more of the, the granular steps and um, any advice that you would give to creators that are looking to launch their NFTs as well. Right. So it didn't start off as that. Uh, when we did start talking to creators, we realized that, you know, there was a lot of interest about, you know, NFTs, but uh, usually the response we got was, oh, yeah, I really love those, but I have no idea what they are. I don't know how to launch my own. So then uh, we kind of, you know, shifted our focus and realized that uh, we should offer something like a concierge service where we kind of take the creator step by step through the process of, you know, kind of learning about what NFTs are, what kind of value they can give to your uh, fan base, and then kind of strategizing what kind of NFTs would be best for their brand. 
So um, in, in terms of, you know, the steps, I guess uh, it's about, you know, creating the NFT, working on the digital art with them, um, working out ways how to market it properly, then the auction. And of course, uh, we are focused on secondary sale, as you said. Um, it's all about, you know, nurturing a community uh, so that you can have successful secondary sales as well. So, you know, that's something we work with uh, with every creator at the moment. And I guess in terms yeah. of advice to uh, creators, uh, that's a great question. There's like a constellation of things in our head right now. Um, one of the things that I've really noticed is that if you're crypto curious and you've not yet carved out a niche of your crypto native, native super fans, then that's your step. That's the first step that you should focus on before you start, you know, talking about your NFTs. And, and here's what I mean by that. A lot of these creators, they have their socials, right? And their makeup artists or their actors or whatever it is that they do. And that is what they tweet about. That is the content they post. And suddenly when they start talking about crypto and NFTs, they have to be very thoughtful about the way they approach it, right? It can't seem very transactional. It has to seem like they're in it because they're authentically involved in, you know, in the long-term evolution of the way influence is colliding with the crypto world, right? And what I've seen works, what I've seen work best is instead of turning your Twitter account suddenly into an account where you're just shilling your NFTs, that's just not going to work out. Um, the best way is to, you know, have dedicated accounts on the same, same social network, or you can get into Telegram and Discord and such and, and have a, a place for your, where you can nurture your, your crypto native super fans. And, and having that fandom is, is, is key to, you know, uh, launching any sorts of NFTs, right? Okay. Before you have that, you cannot skip that step, literally. Yeah, because I imagine the whole experience of um, purchasing an NFT and holding an NFT, um, it, it definitely just requires some crypto knowledge. Um, to that end, I am a little bit curious about the onboarding experience for people that are um, a little bit newer to the space. Is it something where they're going to be using the hero wallet to sign in and, and acquire those NFTs or um, what's the, the end user experience that you all are um, focused on? Right. So uh, that again is something in the roadmap right now. What we wanted to go live with was something that would be the most open and the most, I would say, uh, easy to understand for the layperson for the mainstream user, because a lot of our uh, creators are, are mainstream creators or crypto curious, but not yet crypto native, right? Um, so, so because of that right now, um, it's, you know, you don't have to collect your, connect your wallet at this point in time. Uh, we're keeping the experience like as vanilla as possible. Um, even the payment right now, we're using a centralized payment mechanism. It's still in crypto, it's using Coinbase Commerce, right? But it's not, truly decentralized payment at this point in time. Uh, that's sort of, uh, I, I would say probably Q1 or Q2 2022. By then, uh, having it completely be a decentralized platform, uh, that's very close to our hearts. So, you know, that's where it's going, but that's not where it's launching at the moment. Yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense in terms of the early onboarding. Um, and then, but all of the, uh, NFTs will be, uh, is it sort of SIP9 tokens that are on the Stacks blockchain via Clarity? Um, or yeah, could yeah. you 
Could you share a little bit more details of maybe what's what's under the hood uh, for folks that are interested? Well, so of course, like uh, they're minted on the Stacks blockchain. Um, once you get your hands on them, you'll be selling them at the secondary market on the Stacks blockchain. And uh, if I were to, you know, look out into the future, um, there could be uh, we we may be developing a secondary market within our own platform as well. Although, you know, some guys have done a terrific job already and there are some like secondary markets out there that I, I think they'll, they'll, do, they'll work perfectly. So yeah, there's that. Um, in terms of the greater crypto community, even if we're looking beyond stacks, there was this early idea that we had that you could, you should be able to wrap the NFT and, and take it to other blockchains, if that makes sense, right? Um, it's, it's something probably uh, not in the on the radar immediately, but that's possible. Yeah, so that's one thing we're looking at as well. Great, thank you. Um, and so you have this launch around the corner, but um, I would love to hear a little bit more about uh, the team and any sort of like next steps. Um, it sounds like some more of the decentralization work is happening earlier next year. Um, but yeah, just curious to hear anything else that you'd share about the team that you've built um, that you are continuing to build um, and what's ahead. Sure. Uh, team is, you know, there's, it's like a two, two more of us. Yeah. So we're four yeah. co-founders in total. Um, and we've worked together, you know, more than six or seven years, all of us on different products in the past. So um, we've always loved our teams. It's a really good uh, tight knit team. That's how, you know, we've been able to create some awesome products together. And on the tech side of the team, we have uh, how many developers are we? Yeah. So right now, overall, we're a team of eight, four founders. And on top of that, we've got uh, three developers and, and one um, uh, artist uh, full time working with us. There are a bunch of contractors as well. Um, we're looking to expand the social media capability as well. I was going to say that it's actually really a two-headed monster because, you know, this is as much a tech company as it's a go-to market slash business development company yeah. because, you know, a lot of it is is what Sophie does. Which yeah, is, yeah, and uh, we're looking to, you know, build our uh, business development muscle for sure. Um, we need to expand on that because, like I mentioned, we've been getting a lot of, you know, inbound interest and um, we want to give more focus to, you know, every creator that we work with. And, you know, that's not possible with um, the people who are working on it right now. So definitely going you know, to build up on the business development side, um, marketing, uh, social media presence. Those are areas that we want to expand our team on. Great. Um, and... Yeah, I'm just very excited to see uh, sort of how the process of building this application um, compares to the other businesses that, that you've built as you have a lot of like multi-million user products um, in your back pocket. So I'm really excited to hear about that. Um, if there's any things that you wanted to share on that topic or it's something that I feel like we could revisit in future chats as well. Um, but That's I just wanted to bring, bring it up. <laughs> yeah, that is an interesting question, which I have not thought about that much. But um, I do, I will say that this is something that I've been really excited to work on. Uh, this is something I guess that um, has you know, interested me a lot more than the products that you worked on before, especially, you know, considering all the possibilities in this space, how new this space is. 
And um, also, of course, the crypto community. Um, yeah, the vibe is different. You know, uh, the community is amazing. Stacks community for sure. And the crypto community um, as a whole as well. And uh, we met some amazing people. Uh, we're exchanged some amazing ideas. So it's been quite awesome working on this. Yeah, I guess one thing that I could add is that so so there are, you know, some things are the same. The startup grind is the same, right? Yeah. Um, product market fit. That philosophy doesn't change. Um, in fact, that has sort of been the way we've done this as well. A lot of companies that we saw in the crypto space, they launched their tokens first and then they start thinking about, you know, what kind of, what's the product and how we're going to build it and everything. And that really works out for them, you know, and especially because when it's a bull run. And, and my concept was always that, hey, if you get product market fit, you get the community, you know, tokenization, all that decentralization is something that then we can get into and operationalize more easily than if we were to do it, you know, with uh, this pre-thought-out notion that hey, this is step A, then B, and then C, right? So, so that's one thing that I would say has been a lot of crypto companies do that. It works out for them, perhaps, but we've brought that traditional thinking into this. That's one. Um, two is I, I think. Like there are two ways to think about it. A is, hey, do you want to pander to the core community or are you about getting the mainstream user into it? And, and so coming from this background, our idea what sort of really got us into it was, hey, this is the opportunity to onboard like millions of more people onto you know, crypto and change their lives and the way they see life, right? Their perspectives. And that was a driving force. And, and, and so that's why when it comes to the way the product has been imagined, we've always thought about the lay user, the mainstream user who's crypto curious, maybe not crypto native yet. And that is why those decisions have been made. Those kind of creators have been contacted. And then, you know, we're trying to like have tech, which is something that I've seen before, right? Easy to onboard. Easy to onboard. And, and I think starting from that point on, then we can, you know, we can get to a point where it's more decentralized, where it's, you know, more core uh, to the crypto experience that we're used to, right? But, but it has to be done this way. That is sort of the thinking that we're bringing to the table. Definitely. And you, I love to focus on just the user experience and, and onboarding new users. From the artist perspective, is there anything that you're picking up when it comes to the to sort of Bitcoin connection that Stacks has um, as this very unique, uh, you know, part of the protocol. And is that something that stands out to artists or is it more just this experiential NFT launch? Um, I'm curious if that comes up in the conversations that you're having. I think it definitely does, um, and there's there's both aspects to it. Experiential NFTs definitely appeal to them, but I think the Bitcoin angle is um, something that's been very, you know, something that's caught uh, the eye of a lot of people and uh, has helped to start a lot of conversations for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think Sophie's being a little bit coy about it. Uh, <laughs> we have like we're pitching this. It's all Bitcoin. It's all stacks. Yeah, right? and and you and know we love that. Yeah. we talk to creators and they're like, oh my god, you guys are working with stacks. I love that project. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So you know, like that has really helped. That has really really helped. Yeah. Um, the basic pitch has always been experiential, but also it's Bitcoin NFTs 
right? Um, the apex predator, uh, the crypto with the most capital locked into it, right? Yeah. Um, and most money is made when you move into trends early. It's still early when you're moving into Bitcoin NFTs. Not so, not the case with you know Ethereum and other saturated platforms. So it's a story that just makes you know makes yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah, it gets too. a lot of interest yeah. from a lot of people yeah. for sure. Yeah. Makes that was the excited version of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, wonderful. I'm so excited for everything that is going to come up. We're going to have a lot of links down below um, and your Twitters and, and make sure that people can follow. Um, is there anything else that you would say in terms of the best ways to get in touch with your team? Um, any other closing comments that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, so we're very responsive on, you know, all of our socials, um, uh, Twitter, definitely reach out to either us, the co-founders or uh, Super Fandom. We have our page up and I'll share that link with you as well. And yeah, we're um, really excited to get this thing live. Uh, we're um, something we've been working on for quite a few months, put a lot of work into it and very excited to you know, have the world see it and uh, wishing ourselves the best. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, also, I think um, we haven't mentioned uh, the Stacks Accelerator team in this uh, conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, we definitely want to thank those them. five people. Right. They changed everything. <laughs> And not only for us, I can see them, you know, changing the whole game for Stacks as well, right? Because then what they've done is um, from the first cohort on, like, right, it's been an experience that it didn't feel like the first cohort. It felt like these guys have been doing it forever. And that's because, you know, uh, together, all of them put together, they've seen so many patterns and startups, right? So they know what they're doing. And so that was awesome. And I can totally see now that all the stars are aligning. Um, We've got like a, a, almost this factory of, you know, great talent coming in. They're getting great deals. They're getting, you know, great education or training, mentoring, et cetera, and on a great platform, right? At a point in time where most of the growth is still in the future. So I, I think it's, it's really exciting to be here at this point in time. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Great. Well, thank you both so much. Um, I have really loved to hear about this and I'm so excited for the launch that is coming up. Um, so we'll have links for everyone to check out the website and um, the product and really excited. Um, but thank you both again for coming on Stacker Chats and sharing your story. And um, yeah, I just want to, I keep wanting to do more Stacker Chats after I do the first conversation because I'm like, I want to see how everything's going. Um, oh, yeah. So maybe we can do that. <laughs> thank you so much for having us. Uh, we really enjoyed the conversation yeah, today. So um, and thank you for being such a great host. Yeah, and, and definitely would love to circle back. Have us as many times as you want to. Yes, absolutely will. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. And um, if you haven't yet, please subscribe uh, to make sure that you stay up to date on Super Fandom and all the other projects building on stacks. Thank you. Mm -hmm.